110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to our playoff edition of the Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. John. And, um... We have, I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, we only have a playoff game tomorrow, so, uh, you know, the, whatever. The biggest game of the last, you know, 12 months to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're pretty uh, we're pretty excited about this. Got a little that nervous feeling, that little bit of exciting feeling. It's probably both instances we'll just get more intense as the day goes on tomorrow we're recording this on uh new year's eve so uh the game is tomorrow on new year's day we're playing the eight at eight forty-five. i believe kickoff is uh it sounds like uh you should follow exactly after the rose bowl so i probably will be you know i i've saw some people say eight i'm assuming that's pre-game stuff so it'll be yeah, probably I, closer eight forty-five when like uh eight fifty-two, nine o'clock something like yeah. Um, all right. Um, one thing before we get going, you might want to come. I don't know. You might want to get a little closer to your microphone. You're a little lower now than you were a few minutes ago. How's this? A little bit better. Let me. Can you hear me any better now? Yeah, you, you sound better now. Okay. Thank you. All right. So, um, all right, so I how I think we're going to run this episode. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about um, – I think we'll start off. We'll talk a little bit about the Alabama-Notre Dame game, just our general thoughts. Uh, it'll be the first game we watch, and then we will get into all of our thoughts and stuff on the on the Clemson Tigers. Um, we do – I do recommend, um, if you haven't watched it yet or listened to it, listen to our previous show, which was uh, – we actually did a breakdown of all the different position groups of both Clemson and Ohio state and really what Ohio state needs to be looking at at each position group that Clemson has, what they possibly could throw at you. And, um, you know, just trying to uh, build on last year's game and hopefully bring home a W this year. Yes. All right. So Notre Dame, Alabama, I think we both feel right now, especially after we watched that Clemson game, I, my biggest concern after I watched the Clemson game against Notre Dame, this previous one that uh, I, I still don't think that uh, Notre Dame has athletes, enough athletes to really deal with uh, Alabama's passing game. And uh, I just, I, I think it's going to, I think this is the blowouts. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Notre Dame, I mean, teams surprise teams. I mean, they definitely, I'm not saying they don't have bad players. I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I was an Ohio state fan here when uh, they beat Miami in Oh two. So, you know, the teams that can't get beat that there's no way that can beat, you know, there's times they fall. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying Notre Dame can't do it, but it just seems like the, the deck is really stacked against them. So, yeah, I'm, I see where you're going. Um, I know you're not saying that Notre Dame is going to win with the whole Miami comparison, but Ohio State had players on their team, and that's yeah. not to take anything away from Notre Dame, but that was mostly a case of people didn't watch the film on Ohio State, and they didn't respect Ohio State for the conference that they played in. I mean, Notre Dame just, they don't match up to what Alabama can do. Now, Alabama does not have an overly impressive um, defense. We know this. Like we saw them against yeah. Florida at the end of the year. You saw them against Ole Miss at the beginning of the year. And then LSU even scored some points on them. So they're not overly impressive defensively, but I don't, I mean, Notre Dame's really good running the ball, which we know that's where Alabama struggled in the Ole Miss game. But is Notre yeah. Dame good enough running the ball to make up for not having, you know, the same athletes as Alabama? And that I don't know because yeah. Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame to have a realistic shot of keeping it close. They need to be a stronger passing team and like go vertical and be able to hit guys for long touchdowns. And I don't think they have that ability. They got great yeah. tight ends. Um, their tight ends, you know, they played very well against Clemson both times. 
but I just I don't think that's enough to be able to keep them in the game. I mean, the change in offense, you know, the over the years, the way I look at it, and you kind of just brought this up is just um, to me. I mean, yeah, Ole Miss ran on Alabama, but I just Alabama to me, they're it's again Ohio State, it's Clemson teams that are you. Especially over, I mean, Ohio State and Alabama for much longer, Clemson over the last several years, you know, these are teams that can stop the run. And, you know, I just noted you got to be able to really stretch the field to really challenge team those types of defenses. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't eventually beat them up running the ball. I mean, when you think of back 2014 about, you know, Zeke just, you know, ended up having a great game against Alabama, but you know, there, there's also had been a lot of respect to the, how far Cardell could throw the ball. I mean, he had right. a big, big touchdown pass to, uh, um, uh, to Devin, you know, and then he had, I believe Jalen Marshall a couple times on some really deep crossing. Well, routes and, and he, yeah. And he hit Devin yeah. for a really big gain. Also that got him down yeah. to the goal line. So, I mean, you had a, I mean, you can't bring safeties up against that. And then that helps your running game. Then you could really wear somebody down. I just don't see where Notre Dame has that. And I just think they're going to be facing eight guys in the box the whole night. And Alabama will probably feast on that defensively. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think Ian book. I mean, I don't think he can't make plays because I've seen him make plays. I don't. I think a lot of people are lower on him than what I am. I think he's a decent quarterback that can do some things, but I just like you, like, I just, I don't see, I don't think they have enough on the outsides to hurt yeah. Alabama's defense enough. And that's where I'm at because I actually don't have a problem with Ian book. I actually think if Ian book had a couple of receivers, like maybe some of the other three teams had, you know, he could challenge some of these teams down the field. And mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I think he has a good enough arm. I mean, it just, you know, I just, their offense is not built around that. And, and, you know, their defense is good, but again, their defense is they don't have, they don't have the athletes at all in the passing game to really challenge Alabama's receivers. And when you can't keep a game close, that's where you're going to really, if they take Notre Dame out of their running offense, I just, I don't see where Notre Dame is going to be able to score the points with them. Now. So short of Devonte Smith returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And then one of the other receivers jumping on his back and him twisting his ankle and being out for the rest <laughs> of the game. Uh, I mean, what, what chances are we talking about Notre Dame actually having in this one? Like what, what can they do? Do you think that they could get this in a position that, I mean, let's say cover those, you know, beat the spread for one, but I mean, is there, is there any possibility they can get this to be a game in the fourth quarter. Mm, right now I'm saying, no, I just don't see it. Um, now I'm come playoff time. I always respect every team in the playoff. Even when I think it's a mismatch, I always give the other, I always give the team that I think is a big underdog, always a 10% chance in these games, because like I said, you never know what happens. I mean, if uh, Notre Dame gets a lucky shot on uh, uh, what's his face on Mac Jones, you know, early in this game it's not yeah. is it mac jones yeah. yeah you know and he knocked him out of the game i mean that could change the whole game i mean you never know uh, yeah. i mean there's there's different uh you know the what makes football so great in comparison to some of the other sports you know you're playing one game and compared to a series right. and you you where you know little things could happen in a game that could have huge you know effects on that game and the other team and that team that's the big underdog could win that game so i mean there's a, there's a shot there's definitely a chance i just don't see it happening i i, I mean i i think this is easily a two to four touchdown game um you know i'll but I don't think it's ever going to be closer than two touchdowns. And even if it ends as a two touchdown, I think those are garbage time touchdowns that Alabama's already secured the win and there's no chance Notre Dame's coming back. So you would be more surprised if this was a three point game as opposed to a 30 point game. Yeah. Yes. Very much yeah. so. I think, yeah, I think I'm there with you on that one. I don't, I just, I don't see. I'm a, I'm really scared about the Notre Dame secondary. I mean, Clemson when they got in space. I mean, even on like 
stuff that was in front of the Notre Dame secondary that they were just using what Notre Dame gave them. And they were still beating them to the corners and getting touchdowns out of it. Like that's where I, I just don't see where they match up against that passing attack of Alabama that this can get real ugly real quick. Yeah. And even if, if that crazy thing does happen and Devontae Smith gets hurt, uh, I still think Alabama has other receivers. Uh, I don't think Notre Dame is in threat like the 06 Buckeyes were that it right. seemed like once, uh, I mean, and that was nothing against Gonzo. Gonzo just wasn't the, the primary receiver in the offense. You have to have somebody that could stretch the field to give for Gonzo to do what Gonzo does best. And, you know, Alabama has other receivers that can stretch the field. And I mean, if it did get into the point where it was some sort of like smash mouth, you know, running the game that am I, it still might be a shootout on the ground because Alabama's defense still like even in the run game, they aren't the greatest, but yeah. I, mean, I would take, I would take Najee Harris over what Notre Dame yeah. has if he even turned into that type of game. So, I mean, I realize yeah. that's, that's not Nick Saban and Alabama's go-to anymore, but still, if, you know, push came to shove, put all the chips in the center of the table. He's, That's who I, I would go with them too. Even in a passing offense, uh, he, he's still, uh, he's still, a you know, a, a great running back to have on a team. And when I, you know, in Alabama might be over the last several years have become more of a, a passing team. They're still not a, they're still not a big 12 passing team. Oh, I, know. I mean, they, you know, when he gets up by a coach, you, you, you'll get a lot of a heavy dose of Najee Harris coming in the second half. I mean, yeah. Nick Saban still knows how to milk a clock when he needs to start milking right. the clock. If, so. if Saban has to dial up a smash mouth run game, he'll do it. And honestly, I mean, I no disrespect to ETN, but out of the four running backs that are remaining, I mean, if I had one that, you know, was my horse, I got to hitch my wagon to and ride to the national title, I'd go Najee Harris over any of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think we're both in the same spot. I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I'd like to see how Brian Kelly coaches this game. Uh, you know, I was one of the few, though. I will say I was, you know, everybody remembers that final score a couple years ago against Clemson. But, you know, there was there was some bad referee and replay mistakes in that first half of that game. And Notre Those Dame actually right. played that game. They actually played that first half a lot closer than a lot of people, I think, remember that there was some bad breaks that went their way early in that game where like, I, they, what was it? They, they turned over, they had a fumble or they, um, or they overcall. It was, was it, it was, I think what it was, if, and I could be completely off. Cause you know, that was a while back. We were watching it together. I feel like it was after Notre Dame got their field goal. They kicked the ball off. Clemson fumbled it. Notre Dame recovered it, but then they said that the guy was out of bounds or something like that. Yeah, it, it was, was something it, like it this. was something odd like that. And, and like to me, it was like no way. It's definitely a fumble. And the the replay booth, even I mean, it was like, I mean, if it was even if I remember, if, if I'm remembering it correctly, and I even think they had a second replay blow, screw up on that one too that year. Mm-hmm. That I actually I think that was even worse those calls than what the you know, them overturning Jordan Fuller's touchdown last year. I mean, that was just like a bad Jordan like, Fuller's one was bad. Yeah. But I, I mean, I didn't even think those were even worse. Like, I mean, especially one of them and like, and I think it was that fumble and it was just like, it was just an awful call. And then it was just like the, that bad stuff happened. And I'm not saying that they would have, you know, it would have stayed a game for, that, you know, I, Clemson was the better team on the field. Right. Um, but I mean, and that was always the one I was protesting that I felt Notre Dame. I mean, even though both Notre Dame and Oklahoma, you know, sh- showed a lot of reasons why neither one of them should have been in the playoff and Ohio State and Georgia should have been replacing them. I Notre Dame was always the one I know they were the third seed, but I was always like, no, Notre Dame should be out there. They're not going to match up with any of these other three, four team, the other three teams. And, you know, Ohio State should be in over Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't think I don't. Oklahoma probably would have beat Notre Dame up too, just because you're going with those athletes again, and eventually Notre Dame stopped scoring on them. But maybe yeah. they could have, maybe they could have ran on Oklahoma because Oklahoma's defense was, you know, not good that year. And I know ours wasn't either, but let's face facts: ours is better than Oklahoma is. So yeah, I just think that, and just you know, 
my my last this thing with Notre Dame is just that Notre Dame still reminds me of the team I that they were in 2005 when they played Ohio State. They just they don't have the athletes where you need to have the athletes, and you know they have uh, they don't have athletes in their secondary, and they might get some big tall receivers and big tall tight ends, and throwing a bunch of six five guys around the field. I mean that looks good on paper. But you need some speed to go with them because you need to when you get your guys in space, you know, sometimes you come up against good secondaries that it's not just about throwing it deep down the field anymore. And uh right. you know, well, that's what just, go ahead, sorry. That was just what I was to say. I just I don't see that. I don't see Notre Dame having that, and I still don't see them having it. They haven't had it since I don't know. Rocket Ismail seems like was the last time they actually had a you know a speed yeah. guy in their sec in their receiving core. Uh, it's oh. just I don't know. I mean, like I go back and like you said, like I think it's the same team as 05. I completely agree with you on that. Like 05, 06. They made it. They got killed by LSU in a BCS game. Um, uh, we got 12, you know, no, or Alabama beats them up 15 when they play Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl again. It's just it, Clemson and 18 is I mean, this is the same team, and I, I think it's going to be the same outcome. They're going to get beat up badly. Of course, Ohio State's the one that always lets them off the hook and, you know, lets yeah. those games get closer them come to back. what they really are. Let's come back in. Yeah, but we used to call the uh, the Jim Trestle blowout when uh, he he'd go up by three, four scores and then it would be like a 10 point win at the end of the game. And yeah. <laughs> if that, yeah, uh, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer did that against Notre Dame, probably because he likes Notre Dame. He also did that in uh, Washington, his last game there, which I think he was just going around shaking hands at the end of that. Well, I don't think he... I don't think Urban had his headset on the entire second half until <laughs> like the last minute of the game when he actually realized that he had to start coaching again. I think, he, yeah, I think he was acting like he was the president of the United States. He's Go around kissing uh, babies campaign trail he was just shaking everybody's hand the whole i mean i mean because we we could have beat washington by 40 points that day or you know yeah. not maybe not 40 but at least we could have beat them by three scores i mean that was just letting them back in the game that was i'm glad they held on to win that one that would have been a bad yeah. way to go out i don't know urban might have rescinded his retirement if they would have lost that game <laughs> so um is the point spread still 2021? 20, I mean, that's where I were originally was put at. It has gotten worse. I haven't looked at it in a while. Like I, I felt like it came down to 19 and a half. Okay. So let's, um, we'll say 20. I mean, what I think it's 19 and a half. I mean, I I've been saying, I, I kind of feel like this is a 45, 14 game for a while now. And I think I'm going to go with that. That's what I feel like that it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty easy. I, I, I see Alabama up 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter and them being up like, you know, 28, 35 to seven going into halftime. And then it's just going to be, you know, an easy coast in the second half. And where it's going to be a lot of Najee Harris being thrown at people. Yeah. I, I still go back and forth with the score because I think it all depends on how Notre Dame, how they can withstand, you know, the pressure, if they can answer a touchdown back. Cause remember they scored 47 on Clemson, albeit in two overtimes, but yeah. they did put up some points against a good defense that was missing pieces, but I don't know if Alabama's defense is better than that defense is missing some pieces. So there is the opportunity there that they can score some points. I'm kind of leaning more like you. I don't think it'll be quite as bad. Would you say 40, 45 yeah 45 14 i'm saying 24 so i'll give i'll give notre dame 10 more points than what you are but they still lose they still alabama still covers the spread okay yep i think that's uh i think yeah falls in line with our feelings with that game uh now we'll get into the the game that matters the most for us uh the only one know. that really matters i mean that's uh this is always, even though I always, I will turn on the national, if, you know, if God forbid, knock on wood, uh, we don't pull it out tomorrow. I mean, I, I still will watch a little bit of the national championship game, but I don't pay as close as attention in those games when, especially when you're coming off a, a loss, you know, like I had no interest last year in watching LSU and Clemson. I, the, I, the only reason why I turned it on some was just because I wanted to watch Joe Burrow light up Clemson a little bit. And, and he did too. And he yeah. did. 
Yeah, so, I mean, that's the only reason why I had that game on. And I only turned that on, I think, after LSU scored a couple touchdowns. I, I turned it on for a little bit, but then, I don't know. I mean, how much interest would you really have, though, watching Alabama Clemson for a fourth national title? Oh, none. Zero. I'd watch it because I always watch them, but after a while, it's like, man, this is getting boring. Those are Monday games, and, you know, it takes a lot. Like, Monday, I'm always the most tired in the week because I I sleep in pretty long on Sunday. So, uh, you know, I don't get a lot of sleep Sunday nights normally. And, uh, and when I do get sleep, it's usually melatonin helping me fall asleep. So <laughs> Medicated I'm, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm really tired when I work on Mondays and, you know, normally Mondays are the, always the nights I go to bed early during the week. And yeah, that's, and unless it's Ohio state playing in that game, I don't see where it's going to be much of a difference. Yeah. No, I hear you. So. All right. But so let's get Ohio state to that game. Uh, so tomorrow round uh, in the modern era, this is round four. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. Woody era. <laughs> this would be round five, you know, or, or, or round, right. Yeah. Round five. Since you the know. late seventies, this is the fifth time. Never beat them, so it's a monkey that we need to get off the back. Uh, so, I mean, I know we did the position breakdowns. Like, just your general thoughts. Like, if for Ohio State, what they'll be holding up the uh, Sugar Bowl trophy at the end of the night. What are they? What's like just the main thing you think of that they need to do to win this game? Main thing is they can't let Clemson stop the run. You got to be all impose your run. So control yeah. offensive line has to control the line of scrimmage. I, I mean, I'm still at it that Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to score points. He might be able to answer points with you. So I think you got to, you know, I mean, there's so much you have to do to win, but I really think that's the most important thing is getting that run established and keeping it going. Keep yourself in third and short situations that Justin's legs can pick up first downs. You know, that a draw is still something that is plausible in a situation like that. Um, or even on third and long, you know, calling a draw to keep Clemson honest. But yeah, that's really, I mean, that's where I'm at is you just, you got to run the ball. You got to try to dominate. I know they have a much better defensive line in a sense than last year because they got some real studs, but they're young. And yeah. your guys are not young. Your offensive linemen, yeah. they're they're great run blockers. So I think, I mean, that would be my biggest thing is just, and that we were in position to win it last year because JK was running on those guys in the first half. So, yeah. you know, sustain that in the second half when they make their adjustments, make yours, find ways to, you know, when Venable starts calling all his different stuff out there, his different formations, you got to be able to make the adjustments too. And you got to find what you can do to get him out of this formation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what like, about you? To, to me, the, the big thing is uh, control what you can control in this game. When you get the opportunity to go score touchdowns, go score touchdowns, you know, and last year's game, I mean, yeah, JK ends up getting hurt. Yes. You know, it was a bad even though the targeting rule, the targeting rule in general, how it's set up is bad. I don't know if the call itself was bad, but you know, and it, it, I don't think he deserved to have been thrown out of the game for Sean Wade, Jordan Fuller uh, fumble for touchdown called back. God awful. But if you score touchdowns instead of those field goals early in the game, when you had opportunity and you had momentum, who knows if any of that stuff happens afterwards. And right. because, and even if all the all three of those things still happen, you know, if you take put two of the two of those are touchdowns, you 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 win at the end of the day. If, you know, one of them was touchdown, you probably still win. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just a different game. And so, you know, you got to score touchdowns when you get the opportunities to score touchdowns. And you know, a, a team against Clemson, you know, you're you're not playing Illinois where you might get 10 opportunities to score a touchdown in a game. You're like, you know, uh, a lower level Big Ten team or a, an out of conference game against a Mac school where you might be in the red zone, you know, 10, 12 times in a game. You like right. you know, if you get to the red zone, put six on the board because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's going to win you the game. Yes. 
Agreed. And they had their opportunities last year. So I really, I'm not, I don't like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, we didn't score them last year. We're not going to score them this year. But I mean, we had chances. JK dropped two touchdowns on that yeah. first drive. You know, if you look back at some of those plays, I mean, on the one that he swings it out to JK, if he throws it to, you know, Garrett Wilson slanting in, there's yeah. a touchdown there. I think the tight end was wide open on that play. So there's there's looks there that they could have hit on. It's just you've got to yeah. be able to find them. Yeah. And I, me and you both were, and I, it was, uh, what's a Ryan Day Homer or whatever that's on Twitter. He mm-hmm. is, uh, it's a Twitter account we follow, but he actually had a good thread about it. And I know we both looked at it. It's just a lot of the different things that, you know, I wonder is in Ryan Day's back of his head and Ohio State's back of their heads that they might try to set up a couple situations similar to last year and, you know, see if, uh, they could get Clemson to go after the guys that they had last the, at the position they went for them and actually go for the correct call this year. And, yeah. uh, you know, cause they had some opportunities and I, outside of the, you know, I mean, I know the one catch was very difficult for JK to make if I, I mean, I put that one on fields, you know, he, even though JK got both of his hands on it, it's not Garrett Wilson touching the ball. If that was Garrett Wilson, he dropped it. I would have blamed that on Wilson. Be like, if you want to go to the NFL to be a receiver, you got to go make the catch. Devin Smith would have put a finger up and uh, spun the ball on his finger and, you know, made that catch. That, yeah. Devin like, Smith would have put one hand out, one finger out, looked the opposite way and the ball would have stuck to his <laughs> finger. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I give JK a break on that one. He is a running back, even though he's a good pass catching running back. It's still, that's not an easy play for a running back to make, uh, you know, but on the other one, the screen pass, he had six, he knew he had six. It was written all over him. It was the most perfect call in the history of calls. And like, you know, I mean, he had three offensive linemen in front of him and like no Clemson players reacting. I mean, he was walking oh, yeah. to the end zone. He would have walked like, into the end zone for sure. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, and I, I, mean, I think Fields, though, another thing, and I mean, I know, like, the one thing they got to do, but Fields really, like, be quick. And that's not necessarily, and I know it's like, check one, check two, run, but check one, check two, dump it off to your running back. Because they have those yeah. delayed blitzes. That's what they do. They come at you from those, you know, different angles, and they let you they let you, th- as long as you're going to do it, they'll, you know, they'll let you throw to your running back on the out on the flats there. So, you know, swing it over to them, make it so they stop feeling that they can blitz you like that. Make them yeah. respect you and do stuff like that. And Tom Allen and Pat Fitzgerald both really got to field this year on mm-hmm. delayed blitzes. And, you know, that was something that, you know, they both ran those a lot against him and, like, I mean, Fitzgerald even blitz more than he normally does. And I mean, he was, he, he had no problem and he was doing the same thing They they made fields make his, once he got back in and they did whatever side he was on, wherever the opening was, that's where the blitzer came from. And, you know, they were ready for it. They, they, in the Ohio state wasn't ready for it to a point and Justin just needs to be a little quicker. I mean, the delayed blitzes are made to be a disadvantage against offensive linemen, offensive linemen are, you know, sometimes you get those blitzes. Sometimes you can't get those blitzes. It's just, you know, when you're already engaged with somebody, you can't don't always have the quick eyes to be able to find where, you know, the blitzers coming from. And, you know, so fields, those are on him. He has to, you know, and, you know, we have to live with the fact that he holds the ball. He's going to get sacked tomorrow night. You know, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to, you know, scream that, hey, you know, I'll run the ball, run the ball. I mean, I've done that enough with them. Uh, <laughs> You're still you know, going to scream it, though. You know, you are. Yeah, I will. And um, so but I just, you know, make better decisions, you know. You know, if 80% of the time you're getting rid of the ball quick, you, you're you seeing the blitz and you get rid of the ball quick, and you maybe that other 20% of the time you're taking a couple sacks. I mean, try not to get into a lot of long and down situations because right. that's where they're going to hurt you on third down. And so that's, you know, make better first and second down decisions as a quarterback. And that just makes third down so much easier for you because the coach can do a lot with third down that. And it's like, okay, I, because, when you can get into a third and shorts and even third and um, medium a little bit at times, you know, it just makes the decision that what plays the call so much easier on the coaching staff. 
And, you know, honestly, like I going back to kind of where I was with the run game, if you can, if your offensive line, if you can move off of that defensive line and get up to those linebackers, you're going to make those safeties have to start playing downhill. And then you can try, you know, quick stuff, vertical over the top, over those safeties, get Alave or Wilson matched up there. Yeah. So, All right. That's a big, so that's the- a big play. Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball. So last year, our biggest issues were definitely, you know, when Trevor Lawrence started uh, adapting to the game a lot better. You know, Travis Antian wasn't getting, uh, you know, running the ball easily against Ohio State's defense. So they came at him and they did. They got their linebackers out of position. They got the safety, you know, I mean, full or not as much. But once, you know, once, um, Wade got kicked out of the game. You know, they picked a lot on that. Uh, there's, you know, that seven banks, they picked a lot on him because I believe he was the one that came in. Um, and then, uh, you know, they got the linebackers out of position. So how do you fix that? Because I think that's definitely the point of attack again for Clemson. Well, you might, you might play more zone to try to keep those guys in front of you. So they can't, you know, hit the big play. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think your defensive line is suited that it can help you out a lot. I, what I've seen from Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togai, and albeit again, small sample size. So we don't know what they're going to do against a better team, but I certainly don't think that this Penn or excuse me. I don't know why I said Penn state. This Clemson team is someone, you know, that could stop them throughout an entire game. I've seen, maybe I was thinking about what Tommy did to Penn state. So uh, I I think they can get their penetration and I think it could get ETN off his game. I think it can make Lawrence, you know, go outside. Now, is that enough though? Is that penetration enough that you would stay in the bulk of man coverage? I don't know. Cause that's where Lawrence killed you last year. And that's where ETN killed you is once you got your backs to all those guys. So I'm a little worried about that, but I still, I think that's still where Lawrence kind of struggles the most is when, and especially these receivers aren't big bodies like last year's receiver. So Wade and Banks might be all pushed, you know, they might be able to jam these guys just as well as Okuda and Arnett did. And yeah. if, if you're getting that pressure up the middle, I mean, it could be a long day for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I think I'm the way I like- there though, with Marcus Williamson head up on Amari Rogers. Yeah, that's that scares me. I think with a way I would like to see him and with Ohio State, it's usually it's one or the other. Um, I think where I would like to see him go with is um I'd like to see him run some sort of hybrid defenses in the back end. Like I, I wouldn't mind seeing Wade and Seven Banks play man to man on the outside, but do some sort of zone, like you know, a maybe a two two, like kinda in the middle where you drop you know, your linebackers and you have two linebackers and two safeties right there in the middle of the field. And, you know, where Lawrence really has to make, if he's going to go to the middle of the field, he's going to have to, he's going to have a guy underneath and a guy over top that is going to be watching that. And then just, I mean, live with what you got to live with, with Wade and, you know, seven banks on the outside of Clemson's receivers, which they're not as good this year on the outside. If they end up making plays down the field, on you and Lawrence, if he's able to pick the two corners apart, then you may you, you adjust at that point. But you know, right now, I think the, the easiest way to attack our defense is in the middle. So I would be like, that's where you got to worry about first. Do you think Ohio State did they prepare too much last year trying to stop the two big receivers? Was that too much of a focus of the game plan? It might have been, but that also, I don't think Clemson. Probably clubs and showed a lot during the season that they were. Um, I'm trying to think back. I mean, they had it would be Higgins and Ross. I mean, they're phenomenal receivers. I mean, you know, Big guys I mean, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't blame Ohio State with going in that philosophy. I mean, you just gotta you gotta be able to adjust to it when you have to adjust to it. Now, it would have been a lot easier if Sean Wayne was still in the game through the whole game. I don't Clemson doesn't pick them apart anywhere near as much as in the middle as they as they did because that was the one thing Sean Wade was so good at last year is he bullied that slot receiver so badly that uh yeah like they just and you had a you had a Jordan Fuller you had a, a just a perfect free safety that played a lot of football, understood a lot of stuff that was your back end. He didn't have to come up at all 
the only time he came up is the finish up plays when uh, guys were already engaged into tackles and uh, finish a play. I mean, exactly what you expect out of a safety. And like, I think Sean getting kicked out of that game just did so much downhill for them because like, I mean, and like I just said, you know, you can't, you have to be able to win what you can win. So that's why you have to score the touchdowns. But when Wade got kicked out of the game, that hurt Ohio State because all that stuff that happened in the middle, and you know, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a 60-something yard touchdown run or whatever it was. You know, in the end, maybe he gets loose on one of the touchdowns. He doesn't get both of them. And, I, would, I mean, I wouldn't think so because Sean would have been. And, that's, and that been second there. one. And that second one probably doesn't even matter at the end of the day, because I don't think the game's that close if Sean Wade's still playing. So, you know, I mean, well, I mean, you're definitely were... taking seven points back off the board because they're punting the ball there. So, yeah. And I don't do, I mean, cause what, I mean, what's there like eight minutes left in the half at that point? Yeah. 10, eight, yeah. something like that. Yeah, so something like that. I mean, who, who knows if they score a touchdown by the end of the half? Yeah, exactly. Ohio State very well could have scored another one on their own or got another yeah. field goal. I mean, probably another field goal. Let's be honest, yeah. but, um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, that, I mean, and that's just, so yeah, maybe play Sean, play seven banks, play man to man coverage on the outside bump and run and, you know, challenge Lawrence. I, I mean, I know Lawrence has got the arms. He's got the moxie to do it. I don't know if the receivers have the moxie to be able to, I mean, cause he had two better receivers last year and they couldn't take on those, uh, those right. Ohio state corner so you know make those these receivers this year on the outside beat your corners and play a better defense in the middle of the field a zone style defense where you know the linebackers and the safeties are both all looking and even if that means it takes the safety out of the you know you know reacting to the an outside throw then so be it you know you you do what you got to do to make sure they don't kill you in the middle of the field would you do would your base defense for this game be a nickel? I would think so. I mean, I know that possibly that opens up some stuff for NTN, but I have enough faith in our defensive line that they can create a, you know, a, such a clog right there that, you know, NTN's not going to have an easy time getting past them. Mm-hmm. So that should give your two linebackers the opportunity. They should be nobody on them. And that, you know, the defense line, maybe you go with a Tyler Friday and you try to clog up the the middle. If you're going to go with a nickel, you, you got to get to the quarterback on throwing downs, but on running downs, you can't, you have to keep your two linebackers, you know, you have to keep jerseys off of them. And so the best way to do that is you, your four defensive linemen just have to, you know, slog it up. And, you know, it's not about, it's not necessarily about making the play for you. It's just making sure the linebacker can make the play. Yeah, agreed. So I, I mean, I, I think I would probably feel a little bit more comfortable if they did that. So you could get a second safety in there with Williamson, you know, instead yeah. of the the three cornerbacks with the single high. But I don't know. I mean, that's that kind of scares me personnel. I really hope it's Proctor that gets to play, though. I mean, I, I I saw from that guy and I've seen, you know, we've all seen flashes of it. I know he's over pursued and made his mistakes also, but the guy gets interceptions the best and the guy can hammer the run better than anyone else. I mean, he's a legit like dude in our secondary. It's just hasn't all come together yet. Yeah. Um. Now on the coaches, like, so what do you think? Like, I think Ryan day, he's a smart dude. I think Ryan day learned a lot from last year. So I'm actually like, I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing um, what he changes. How does he differ things? And what are some of his play calls now? Like how he looks at a, a playoff game differently now as a coach than he did last year. So I, I, I saw, when they were outside the red zone, he dominated Brent Venables last year. So mm-hmm. like now can you, he dominate him when he gets into the red zone. And I think that's the big thing. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that was Brent luring him in to the red zone where he was letting him, you know, give him some false confidence on some of that stuff. Like, Hey, this stuff works. 
keep using it and then it wouldn't work inside the red zone. So yeah. I'm a little I'm, I'm interested to see, too, what he learned from last year. Now, I posed this question on Twitter and I got some interest. Not I mean, it was yes or no. So nothing really too interesting as far as responses, but just wanted to ask you that. So somehow Ohio State goes up two scores and doesn't matter what point of the game. Ryan Day would if he were if the option was out there for him to kick an onside kick to try to steal a possession so they could go up three scores. And that's all you know is Ryan Day says, Mike, I'm kicking. If I go up two scores, I'm kicking an onside kick. Is it too ballsy to do in a game like this? Or are you down with the aggressiveness? I'm definitely down with the aggressiveness. I would probably go with it just for just to go with it. Um, now, if they're getting field goals instead of touchdowns again, then no. I mean, it has to be two touchdowns that right, yeah. you know, they have to be they have to be up 14. Because, you know, they can't be up six where, you know, a touchdown giving right. clubs in them. <laughs> right. Um, or even 10 where now you're going to give them momentum. You know, the, the, the now they're only going to be three behind you. Um, I would do it. Um, I mean, it, it is a lot of it is a lot of uh, it does take, you know, the, the cojones to do it because, I mean, you could still give that momentum back. and. Um, I don't know if I would do it too early in the game. Somehow, if they jumped up like out of nowhere, like it was last year's game, but instead of the field goals, they got two touchdowns. Out of There's a lot of game left now. If it was in that third quarter, some and they now they're up by two scores, I might consider that because at that point, if you could get up 21, like and I know seven points at that time could possibly give Clemson back the momentum for the fourth quarter, but you're now of a you're in the game now, so <clears throat> momentum swings are not as you know. Momentum swings in a close game once you start getting into the second half aren't as a big of a deal. You know, the momentum could still be big a deal early in the game. And it could, you know, so maybe in that third quarter, they get up 14. Maybe then I go, let's let's try to go up 21 now. And let's see if then if they can bring if they can basically use whatever's left of the third quarter and uh, the fourth quarter to come back. So what if you're in the like the last half of the second quarter and you're getting the ball after the half? That's an interesting thing. Um, I may would probably consider it maybe there too because, <clears throat> I mean, if you're up 14, I mean they can't. You still get the ball back first, so you know even if they would if they get the onside kick and they cut it to seven, at least you're still up uh, by a full touchdown and you could get the you could take whatever momentum's left back to start the quarter. And, that's the, and if you could get it, I mean, there's a possibility that you could turn that to a 28 point game if you do get the onside kick because right. you could possibly go score and then go score again. And then, you know, if either one of these teams get up by 28, I don't care how explosive those teams are. It's going to be hard to come back out of that hole because um, the other team's got so many good athletes, too, that it's just you're not going to make up that difference that easily. Is there a specific spot on the field that Ryan Day better not punt within? <laughs> I don't get caught up as much of that as some people do. I mean, that's the trust. It's weird here. I'm like, here, it's weird that um, here I'm saying be aggressive and go do an onside kick. But I sometimes I do feel like when it comes to the punting game that, uh, you know, you do you play your you play the smart moves and, you know, Nick Saban always made a point. And I, and I think Nick Saban, even in a more aggressive offense as he has, he still has the same philosophy. Every offensive possession should end in a kick and whether that's an extra point, a field goal or a punt. And like, and sometimes I think some of these, I see some of these coaches, like they go for at the 50 yard line or even the 45 yard line and they're going for it. It's like three yards. And I'm just like, Man, punt the ball and pin them, and you yeah. know, make them go drive the field. I mean, this is a it's such a game like this where you know, I mean, yeah, points are the only the way you're going to win games is to be aggressive. But be aggressive when it's smart to be aggressive. I mean, you know, if it's you know third and you third and goal, and you have three yards to go, you know, yeah, go throw the ball or throw the ball on first down when it's goal to go, like you know, be aggressive in those types of situations. You know, when you're at your 50 or your 45, you know, 
I mean, maybe if once we get inside the 40, if he is not as confident in the kicker, then I would say, okay, let's, those are situations where it's four down territory. And, yeah. You know, if you're not confident in your kicker, kicking the ball at the 39 yard line, don't kick the ball. Especially if it's, if it's a makeable first down, you know, go, you know, be four, the, go for it. Zero, zero, fourth and goal from the one yard line. <laughs> uh, I, I always say on the first ones, always go for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, what the hell? Make them go the 99 yards. That gives you so much confidence in your team. If you like, you know, fourth and one, you know, go punch this in. And if you're not, you know, I trust my defense that we're, we just flip the field on them. So, right. All right. Back to the regularly scheduled program. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think so. Just. I mean, kind of what's your thoughts? Like, just, uh, I mean, we're kind of not really going to the three things. I think we kind of all set our three things right now. Um, but we'll say, which player, w- give me one offense and one defensive guy who needs to be the MVP. And Justin Fields can't be any of our picks. Who needs to be the MVP on <laughs> offense? He needs to be the, because that's the obvious ones. Who needs to be, whether it's Trey Sermon, a receiver catching Justin Fields' ball, who needs to be that guy on offense and who needs to be that guy on defense? to win this game tomorrow. <clears throat> oh, well, I mean, I, I already went with the run game. So, you know, I'm going to, if we're going to say one guy, I'm going to say Josh Myers because he's in the middle of that line. So, I mean, maybe Wyatt Davis, maybe, you know, Harry Miller or whatever other guards in there. But let's say just because he's the anchor of the three, Josh Myers has to be the guy. He has to know where everything is. He has to start getting that line moved. So he gets those big holes open for Trey. Yeah, it could be. Um, for my guy, now there could be multiple guys in the receiving core that catch balls and play a hell of a game. To me, the guy who needs to be the big receiver is Chris Olave. He he's back this week. He so much of last year's game, I think, still sits with him. You know, if he just makes the different decision, they win the game. I mean, because there's no way he drops that ball. I'm sorry. I just, and, uh, you know, what's crazy to me is there's a lot of people I saw on Twitter that they thought Justin made a bad throw because they thought Nolan Turner would have beat Chris Olave to the ball anyways. I'm like, yeah. you're crazy. He would have had, I mean, yeah. if anything, he might've broke it up, but it would have been a pass interference. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't think he could even stayed with Chris he was- Olave. He was behind Chris Olave, and where that ball ended up in the end zone, if Olave makes the right read, it goes right to Olave. Yeah. And, uh, I so, mean, Turner, Turner makes a good, like, step, but he steps kind of into Olave also. Like, Olave would have burned right by him. I don't, yeah. I don't think it would have even, it would have even been close. Yeah. Um, so I think Chris Olave, he needs, uh, he needs, uh, I think in his mind, he needs to have some redemption and stuff like that. And I hope it comes early and often for him because that is something he needs to get that monkey off that back. He needs to get some confidence in this game. And if he gets confidence, I mean, we saw how he was, he, he handled them in a lot of parts last year. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, we were throwing the ball great. Like I said, we just had issues once we got into the red zone. It wasn't just JK Dobbins that was running the ball room. They were just, they were, they were handling Ohio state's offense was handling Clemson's defense last year. And that I think if Chris Olave gets going and then you got, you got Wilson still, I mean, watch out. I mean, good. Good luck. And so that's who I'm going with is Chris Olave. So, okay. Your defensive guy. What do you think? So I'm going to say has to be big Tom, big Tommy Togi. I, that's my guy in the middle. I mean, I think you could go either him or Haskell Garrett, but for the sake of this, they got to get that interior pressure. I, I think that's a weakness on Clemson's line. I think that's the weakness the biggest weakness of their offense, you have to exploit it. This is your best defensive lineman or your best two. So I think, you know, you got to get that penetration, get through there, make Lawrence uncomfortable. If you can't sack him, at least make him uncomfortable, make him move, force him into the ends, force him to make a hard throw. I mean, Lawrence is six, six and he moves like a freaking gazelle back there. So the guy, you know, he can make all the throws. He can throw over you. It's going to be very hard to get your hand up 
and tip, you know, a Trevor Lawrence football, but you got to make him uncomfortable. And that's probably the easiest way or like a blitz. I, I mean, I, I saw a couple of blitzes get to him, you know, in LSU, Ohio State got him a couple times on a blitz. So those are ways you could do it. But it definitely, I think it all starts with those two guys in the middle. And I'm going to go Tommy Togi. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I think uh, we've heard some different things about I'm, I'm going to go with one of the linebackers. I and mean, we've heard some different things about Browning. So I'm not going to choose Browning just because I don't know what his availability is going to be like. Um I think I'm going to go with Pete Warner. And the reason why I'm going to go with Warner is like, I, part of me wants to go tough too, but Warner's the better athlete out of the two of them. He's, he's good in coverage. He's also good at coming at the quarterback. If they need him to come at the quarterback, he's good at stopping the run when he needs to, he needs to be, he needs to be the all purpose linebacker tomorrow yep. night. And that's what we need. We need, if he's in coverage, he needs to be in coverage when he's in, when he's coming down to make a tackle on NTN or maybe Maybe they throw a blitz him as a blitzer at Lawrence. He needs to make a play on those guys. And, you know, and I'm not saying he doesn't make plays because he makes a lot of plays, but we just need him to be you. When you think about the the legends of Ohio State football, all the great linebackers we have. I want Pete Warner's name at the end of it because I want to think about, man, man, do you remember how good he was in that 2020, 2021, whatever this would be considered, uh, you know, playoff game against Clemson? I mean, the dude had 12 tackles, uh, you know, maybe he had a couple pass deflections. Maybe he picked one of these off. I don't know. But I want to see his stat line look so phenomenal that you just know that, you know, they eat. I mean, I'm not going to say easily, but they beat Clemson because he was an Ohio State linebacker. And that that's the guy I want to see. I, I think he can do it. Um, he's a guy out of all the linebackers, even more than Browning, who's just a, an unbelievable athlete. I think he plays the best in both the pass game and the run game that, you know. I, yeah, I would agree with that. So, so I, I, and I just want to see. Yeah, I want to see. I just want to see Pete have a big game, and I think if he has a big game, that's going to really be a good thing for the defense. Now, Mike, I noticed you said uh, interception. Though this is the Sugar Bowl, Mike. Defensive ends get interceptions in this game. <laughs> yeah, the last two Sugar Bowls, we've had a defense end get an interception. The last one was uh, Steve Miller band went for a pick six, and they get a pick six from uh, Jonathan Cooper or. Uh, Zach Harrison, I mean, whatever. I will be, uh, <laughs> even if they just pick off the ball, if they do that, I'll be a-okay with that one. That'll be great. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, I mean, we're going to kind of finish this one up. So just your thoughts on score. What's your, What are you going with for this game? I've been all over the place in my head with this one. I've seen some people go like mid forties to fifties. I think the defenses are too good for that. I know the offenses can score with anyone, but these are going to be the best defenses. Either one of these teams have seen. So I'm saying 35, 32 Ohio state. Um, I believe it will be 28 to 24 late in the game. I think Ohio state will go up 35, 24, I think Clemson will score a touchdown late, get a two pointer late, and then Ohio State will recover the onside kick to win. Okay. I like that one. Um, similar that to me, it's going to be a close game. I'm going with 31 28, um, Ohio State. And I think it's going to be a lot like last year. The last team that has the ball is going to be Ohio State. But this time around, they're going to score the touchdown. I think we'll be down 28 24, and we're going to go minute maybe two minutes or whatever and we're gonna we'll win the game and hey, we're gonna have a touchdown and you know and maybe it'll be a lave maybe he'll make the right move this year and uh i hope so yeah, and and just uh rub it in everybody's face say yeah that would have been a touchdown but that's what i'm gonna go with i think i think it's gonna be you know i don't think obviously they're not gonna be trading scores back and forth like it's not gonna be a shootout this is going to be a very hot, hard fought 31 28 win for Ohio State. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing with your score. And, you know, when you listen to those guys, the Clemson guys talk the other day, you know, they said how much of a physical game that was last year. And it's going to be the same way this year. This is going to be a hard hitting physical game that's going to take a lot out of all these teams. And so that's just, that's my thought. I, I think cool. that. Yeah, real quick, because we didn't say anything about it. Tony Elliott not being there. Scale of 1 to 10, how important is that? 
if uh if it was a younger quarterback, if this was okay, even if it wasn't a younger, it was more inexperienced. Tom Herman gets COVID when Cardell is going up against Alabama. I'm really nervous. That's that a big game. deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. That's that's got me really, really scared. Um Trevor Lawrence, who's been around the block a lot. Um, not as scared. I think he can handle the game. I mean, Debo might even let him call the game. I don't know that, uh, like he, he's seen everything that's come at him I mean, he's won a national title. He's been in another national title. I mean, I, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I, I mean, the guy is just, he's a smart dude. I heard him talk. I, I'm pretty sure he knows how to diagnose defenses. Um, I mean, he's got all the tools, all the talent. So I, I right now, it's a deal, but it's like a, it's, I, it's not a fifty-fifty deal to me. I think that I agree. Clemson still, if they're gonna win the game, it's to me, it's always gonna be on Trevor Lawrence. Is, is can he go win the game for them? And I, I think whether he has his offensive coordinator or not, that's you know he's gonna be able to do that. I agree. So, well, yeah. I don't. I, I mean, Mike, we could talk all night about this. I really feel like this is something we could spend hours on and we just get excited about, but nothing else really to say. I mean, well, that's just- why I think we had, that's why we, I think we did it in a two type of episode show because, you know, I mean, we're, both these shows are going to be about hours. So, you know, we're sh- hour long shows. So, I mean, it's just going to be, it is what it is. I mean, this is the big ones. I mean, we're going to have, hopefully we'll be uh, instead of, breaking down the a loss on uh you know this weekend we'll be talking about a win and then we'll be able to do an alabama show you know was or we're assuming notre alabama dame or could notre be notre dame, dame or notre dame but let's be you know, fair to the irish i mean if uh, i i hate to say it uh, knock on wood but if it's notre dame i might feel even more confident than i was even against oregon like <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I would be there with you on that one. Like, so I'm, I'm but, very interested but, to see how, because last year, you know, those outside guys were such a focus. I'm kind of interested to see how it goes this year, even though we don't have as good as cornerbacks as last year, but to see kind of the focus go back towards the middle of the field. I'm interested yeah. to see how that plays out. And I think that's, I think that's where Ohio State needs to play, even though even though our corners might not be as good as what our corners were last year, their receivers aren't as good as on the outside. So I think it's very easily could be the same type of matchup where we just overmatch their receivers on the outside. So I think we need to come in with a more of a focus that we need to stop the middle of the field. If by stopping the middle of the field, that's going to limit a lot that I think Clemson's going to be able to do even with Lawrence's arm. And, you know, agreed. Agreed. Just good. Good pursuit angles, good tackling. Get the guys to the yes. ground. Exactly. All right. I think we'll call it a night. Uh, hope everybody has a very happy new year. Uh, ringing in the new year. Let's hope the guy 21 ends up being a lot better of uh, 2020. I, then, I mean, definitely the, the one thankful thing uh, I had, I know you're going to have the same thing as, you know, my nephew was born, John's son. I mean, it's been a, just a pleasure having Jackson and the family now, but uh, after Jackson, there wasn't a lot of greatness of 2020. <laughs> so he, he took all the thunder right out the early. He's a, he's a January birthday, just like his dad and his uncle. So uh, he took the, he took all the thunder early and that uh, yeah. <laughs> left, left a lot of, to be desired for the rest of the year. So when winds came out of the sales pretty quickly this year. Um, yeah. So, Hopefully, hopefully the Buckeyes bring in a national title and that's the, that's going to be our start for this year for 2021. But regardless, we, you know, obviously wish everybody a very happy new year and a safe new year. And, you know, to everybody and all their loved ones that, you know, I just want to get this COVID stuff behind us. So we don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. And like, like you said, I mean, happy new year to everybody. It's been a rough year. Uh, We appreciate everybody, you know, even if you watch a, 10 seconds, listen to, you know, 10 seconds of our show. This is something that we've wanted to do for a while. And we're, we're so happy that we decided to finally do it. I mean, neither one of us were displaced or for furloughed or anything like that. We both were fortunate enough to keep our jobs. Um, but I know it's been a rough year for people. So, you know, thank you, everybody have a healthy, healthy and happy new year. 
Uh, let's go Buckeyes, of course. You know, let's get a national title in 21. The way I see it, Mike, 2000 yeah. to 2009, we couldn't beat the SEC. 2010s, we were finally able to do that. Uh, you know, and then in the 2010s, we couldn't beat Clemson. 2020s, we're going to be able to do that, though. So, yeah, let's get some big wins. Yeah, exactly. So, everybody, uh, again, happy new year. Keep your, uh, you know, if, if you, uh, if you had some you know, tough breaks this year, whether it's, you know, with your health, with COVID or a loved one's health, um, or, you know, with, you know, a loss of a job or something, or just, you know, the stresses and the mental anguishes that this whole thing's been by, you know, just keep your, keep your chin up and, uh, you know, it, things will get better. So we'll call it a night on that. All right, everybody. Well, tomorrow's the big one. I can't wait. I know you guys can also. So let's just uh, kick some Clemson ass in this sugar bowl. Thank you for coming out tonight. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, H. I O. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes.